Although I saw some stat that, uh, I don't know if it was, I guess it was this year or maybe it was last year's, whatever. Um, Jeff Carter scored like one goal on Mondays and, you know, two goals on Tuesday, but like five on Wednesdays. Oh, I remember that vaguely. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, what? Is it a Wednesday? How so many now, now I was like, score? I was going to make note, like, be alert of every time they play a Wednesday game, does Jeff Carter score a goal? Right, yeah. Um, they've only played three, no, four this season. And I'm so not many Wednesday games. Which is why they've never been on a Wednesday night rivalry on... But who would be the two players, like, because, have you seen the... Uh, oh, yeah. The two so players like skating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would that be? Because, like, with the the Blackhawks and the, the Blues, it was the captains, which right. was great. With the Flyers and the Blackhawks... It was Scott Hartnell and Patrick Kane. That's weird. <laughs> so it was really funny to me. So who would it be? Um, Do you want to know the most, like, the grossest looking one? Logan Couture and Drew Doughty. Doughty. That's, that's, like, the only one that would really make sense for, King, like, Kings and Sharks fans. Yeah. I don't know what they would actually go with. I feel like the easiest is the captain. The captain. But I don't think they even play against each other that much. Yeah. Is there another forward, Logan Couture and... I don't know. Who is he paired against? Honestly, what I think about when I think of Sharks and Kings playing is Joe Thornton and Mike Richards, who are often matched up against each other, and Joe Thornton usually embarrasses Mike Richards. But do you know how funny that um, skating would be? Graphic would be? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because I'd be like, okay, we have to cut to, like, (laughs) Mike Richards is on stilts in (laughs) order to make this work. (laughs) He had to skate and then hop hop onto an Apple Apple box. box. How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Hey everybody, welcome to the Thanks Bud Podcast. I am Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Fan. And we are back for episode 13. We are excited to say that the Kings have won all of their games this week. Yay! Congratulations to us for not having another week where they mess it up at the end of the week, even though they kind of came close with this game, which was surprising. Kind of? Because today, uh, Martin Jones has put up his worst performance in that he let in a whole two goals. Yes. I can't believe this. How dare he? Outrage. Actually, the Kings did start out kind of messy. And then I remembered Diane and I were at the previous game the Kings played against the Colorado Avalanche, who is the team that they played today. It was an afternoon game. And that was the one where nobody could score during regulation. And it seemed like throughout the entire game, the Kings were just not quite ever in the right spot for anything. All of their passes were kind of off. And that is how this game started. Like most of the first period, they had trouble really getting any sort of control that lasted or really, I don't know, built or put any confidence in me <laughs> as a spectator. <laughs> and then on the last, the last shift, they that first line with King, Kopitar, and Carter comes on. They get some pressure. They get in front of the net. And then Jeff Carter makes it happen, finally. We thought it was King at first from our angle. Yeah, because we were sitting right behind, right behind the net. And, um, yeah, of course that they would score in the last, like, what, 30 seconds? Pretty Yeah, pretty close to the end of that period. Of the first period. And no one scored at the uh, end of the second period, by the way. No one got us a McFlurry. They had to nope. do it in the first period. Nope. Thank <laughs> Thanks for nothing. Have they scored during the McFlurry minute at all this season? This season? I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Well, no ice cream for us. <laughs> <laughs> Makes so. me really sad, actually. 
But they did score a goal during the second period, which I appreciated because the second period, at least in terms of uh, points, continues to be the Kings weakest, but they they were actually pretty strong. They never trailed in this game and they were never like only right in the beginning of the game where they outshot for a little bit. But then uh, pretty much from there, you know, once they passed the avalanche, it was all Kings in terms of uh, shots taken and shots on goal. Only the two goals. The first goal, like I said, was the one sort of forced into that, you know, just by keeping the pressure right in front of Varlamov. And then the second goal, though, I think was probably the craziest goal of that game. It was awesome. (laughs) Justin Williams playing a little bit of baseball (laughs) on the other end of the ice. It was so... I don't know if anyone knew what was happening. Because, like, the reason I... The reason that I stood up and cheered was because other people were standing up and cheering. (laughs) And I saw that the goal light was on. Had It was also at the opposite end of the the ring from us. But no idea what, what happened. And then we saw in the replay that it was a shot I don't I didn't even pay attention to to who made that shot a shot on it for against Varlamov he caught it it went into his glove and did a weird bounce out and in the like half second that it bounced out and it should have just bounced right back in you know you see goalies do that all the time save whistle whatever Justin Williams right there takes that time to just yeah, it's up, it's out of the glove, I'm batting it into the net. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did. It was absurd. And he was like, you know, let me just try this really quick. Oh, it worked. And I think at first he, the reaction seemed to come a little late from everybody because I think there was this moment of like, oh, oh, that's a, oh, it's in, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. At, at first I thought he just like knocked it out of uh, Varlama's hand. Right. And so it was like, oh, that doesn't count. But oh, yeah. yes, it does. He did, but it in, was into the net. It was correct. And uh, I think there was also that little bit of confusion because I think we had all assumed that maybe a whistle would have gone, but one hadn't, so it was a goal, and that was amazing. The Kings were up to nothing. The Avalanche managed to come back. They had... Both of their goals were power play goals, which was frustrating. The Kings need to stop taking penalties. And I feel like there were at least a couple of games in this last little stretch where they didn't take as many, but uh, definitely back to their minimum four (laughs) now with this game. And they couldn't kill two of them. Which is not good, especially if you're only going to score two goals in regulation. So, Matt Duchesne, problematic. He, for, for you know, our players. Yeah, oh, very. He, he had is assists so on both fast. goals. Yeah. He is so fast and just extremely talented. And I hate him for being good against the game. There was I one, mean, he's good in general, but good against the game. There was one shift where he just went around, I think, two different Kings players. Just like, up oh, through your legs. Oh, around this guy. And luckily, somehow... He didn't actually manage to get the shot that he wanted, but it was frustrating to watch him just sort of dance around people a little bit on the Kings. The Kings are, you know, generally such a good defensive team. It's like when Drew Downey decides, like, "Mm, I think I'm just going to skate around all you guys. Yeah, which he actually tried to do a couple times A couple times, yeah, Yeah. it was great. Not that anything really came of it, but... Penalties that they, that the Avalanche scored on were Jared Stoll's defensive zone penalty. So, not bad (laughs) for Jared Stoll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Mike Richards, who was called for delay a game for apparently putting his hand, covering the puck with his hand. I didn't really see it from where I was sitting. It seemed kind of like a weird call. I don't know. It was up against the board, so we couldn't see it from our angle. And every, the couple of times they tried to replay it on the Jumbotron, there was, it was still blocked by the boards. Yeah. There was still no, I have no idea when he would have put his hand over the puck. I don't know. Right, yeah. It, it was weird, but whatever, he went to the penalty box and the Avalanche score. I don't know what is up with him lately, but he is not getting it done. He's not good right now. Oh. And not only, like, in 
not good. He's bad. <laughs> Let's not even try to sugarcoat it. Mike Richards is bad right yeah, now. Yeah, it's not like one of those things where, you know, oh, you know, he's maybe not scoring. Or, no, he's just kind of, he's pretty, he's pretty bad right yeah. now. Yeah, so I hope he bounces back and doesn't take any more penalties in the meantime until he figures his stuff out. But uh, whatever, let's talk about some positives. Again, back to that top line, which continues to be awesome to watch. It is so amazing to watch. Like Even if they don't score any goals during whatever shifts that they have together, just watching them break out, passing to each other, make them play, it is, and it's, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. They're good together. Yeah. And remember when we were all laughing, like, oh my gosh, Dwight King on the top line? Right, top six player Dwight King. What a joke. (laughs) Throughout the season, he's found, you know, ways to produce for the Kings. But now that he's been on his top line with Carter and Kopitar, he's really stepped it up. I think the three of those players are different enough in ways that they manage to complement each other really well. Like Dwight King is, like, they're all big players. Uh, Somebody noted on Twitter, I can't remember who it was now, that at 6'3", Kopitar is the shortest forward on that line. Um, so they're all big guys. Dwight King, I think, is the player who protects the puck with his body the most. Like, he's the guy who is up against the boards, and the number of times I watch him just sort of, like, handle the puck with one one hand on the stick and then kind of moving it out of the way. In a way that's different, I think, from Kopitar, who is a possession dude, but it he stick handles better than I than Dwight King does. So he can get a little fancier with it, even though Dwight King had his fancy moment recently, which yeah. was awesome. And then um, Jeff Carter tends to just use his long reach. Right, yeah. You know, he'll, he'll use the stick a little bit more. He'll use his body, but he'll kind of skate around and then use his long arms to kind of just like bat it away or pull it towards himself. So Yeah, and I think those styles all mesh really well right now, and they're getting shots on goal. Even Dwight King step, you know, he takes shots. He, of those three players, takes the least amount of shots. But he's still shooting, and I think clearly it's paying off for them so far, and it's fun to watch other lines try to match up against them. Just to pause for a second so we can tell you where the Kings stand, though. Kopitar is still a points leader with 30 points. He picked up an assist in today's game. Justin Williams is the leader in goals again. He has 12 goals. He's on the second line now, or recently, which actually I was glad that he scored and glad that they did pretty well today, that line, because I was thinking, like, as awesome as this top line has been, I haven't thought very much about that second line. Even though Jarrett Stoll has stood out a few times because he's blocked some pretty yeah, key has. shots recently, but other than that, I hadn't, I just hadn't thought about that second line very much, so uh, Justin Williams scores today. They had a couple of other really great chances, and... I think every line pretty much did a little something. Even that fourth line, like Colin Frazier, like they didn't score, but Colin Frazier had to oh, Colin of great he had a scoring great chances. look there, just right in front of the net. And even though Trevor Lewis <laughs> did not score a goal, we I so we went to this game together. I was about to go down to this game by myself because I was like, what if I am physically able to go to this game and Trevor Lewis scores and I didn't go? I would have been upset with myself. So, but luckily, Chanel was able to go as well. And we were like, come on, Trevor Lewis. Today is your day. Today is your day. But he didn't score a goal. No points. (sighs) No points. No goals. I'm just like, even a secondary assist for Trevor Lewis at this point. Even that much. Please. Please. We also, during this game, the other thing that we were hoping would happen was Mike Richards would get a shorthanded breakaway, and he <laughs> nearly did, which was, like, one of the few good things he would have done during this game, but not quite. No. So, 
Maybe next time. I was ho- also hoping that Robin Regeer would get a goal, so I think that might have just been me. <laughs> Number one Robin Regeer fan. <laughs> there was a there was a shot that was pretty great. He's, but... he's had some, some good looks here and there. I think even his goal will come eventually. But at least Robin Regeer has an excuse. He is a stay-at-home defenseman. Yes. Trevor Lewis doesn't have an excuse. Nope. He's just not scoring. And I hope that changes He's not scoring or helping. (laughs) At this point, Robin Regeer is helping way more. In one game, (laughs) last game, Robin Regeer helped more than Trevor Lewis has. I mean, points-wise, obviously. Right, right, right. uh, This entire season. Just throw me into the ocean over this. It's got to be a rough time being Trevor Lewis. At least he looks very handsome. We saw a picture of him on Twitter today. and Oh, yeah, at the uh, adopt-a-family thing. We approved of his haircut. Oh, yes. (laughs) So... We like we like we like hair. We like dude's hair. I was just like in general for different reasons and different things. He's got a good he's got a good hair situation going for him right now. At least he's looking right. He's clearly stepping out into the world with his confidence on. I hope he just brings it onto the ice and eventually the points will come for Trevor Lewis. Oh gosh, eventually. I'd like to quit my job. And just become a person that goes to King's Games until Trevor <laughs> Lewis, Lewis scores. scores. You do your national this, tour for Trevor Lewis. <laughs> this state of limbo is terrible for that's, me. That's the other thing that we were thinking is it. hopefully he scores at Staples Center. Oh, it better. The first time. Scored. I feel like he should be surrounded the Staples by... Staples Center should just let down streamers <laughs> yeah, and have everyone on Twitter yell at them for it. They're like, it's not even a playoff game. Yeah. It's not even the end of the game. Why are there streamers <laughs> falling from the sky? Trevor Lewis finally scored. Yeah. They yeah they played some solid music for like Martin Jones every time he had a great save. They need to have like a whole soundtrack ready for Trevor Lewis, like a like just one of those like mega mixes of songs yes. celebrating yes, his first please. goal. Yes, please. I need all of it for Trevor Lewis when it happens. If it happens, please let it happen. I'm going to throw to the ice a literal flower crown <laughs> for Trevor Lewis. When he's he didn't score goal. a hat trick. Whatever. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> oh, he can though. Score a hat trick, and that I'll just be, throw down flower crowns. Be even better. Like, please score so many times in one game that people run out of things to celebrate him with. Oh, we have so many hopes and dreams for him. But oh, so back to Dwight King because on the oh, other yeah. side of the spectrum, Dwight King still has the best shooting percentage on the team at eighteen point nine percent. When is he gonna regress? <laughs> I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. And that was the thing is like smart stats people were saying, you know, he we could we should expect like 11 goals from Dwight King this season. He's at 10. 11's coming. We're not even halfway done with the season yet. Nope. Even if he regresses at some point, he's still doing way better than anybody probably anticipated before this season started. Who is this person? (laughs) I am so confused. Top line left wing Dwight King. Did he go to some crossroads and bury a box and sell his soul to a like a demon to get this to happen. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it either, but I'm enjoying it. Like, I legitimately get excited watching Dwight King play because I feel like things could happen with Dwight King's on the ice. It's a constant. And that is an amazing us. experience as a person. The people behind us, one person was just like, Yeah, Kinger. And I was like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah Kinger. We're all stoked. We're all amped on what's happening right now. Great. What, what a weird life. Yeah. And then just to talk about it a little bit, I I don't know if anybody saw on Twitter, but I didn't get to watch the Sharks game live. So I basically had a friend of mine, because I also had left my phone in my car, 
and that was ridiculous. So I had to ask a friend of mine to keep me updated on what the score was. So I knew like a little bit about what was happening, but in the very, the, the most general way. So I didn't really know how fancy Dwight King's goal was, or not, I'm sorry, his assist on Jeff Carter's goal was until much later. Um, she, Chanel came back and we started talking online and I was just like, please, please go watch all of the goals and then come back and yell about them with me. <laughs> it was so crazy. <laughs> You know, as people have noted, I think obviously Jeff Carter's reaction to Dwight King's assist <laughs> really just encompassed it for everybody. Like that was what? <laughs> Who was expecting that? Especially like, you know, even if you can he does a good job of keep away. Like the second that defender's like stick went down to try to block, you know, cut off his angle and he was just like, nope. Wow. Could not handle it. And I just loved the general surprise from every yeah. single person uh, in the Kings about that entire goal. Okay, so obviously, visually, Jeff Carter's like, the hell just happened here? Yeah. <laughs> and him and Kopi going to the bench, looking back, being like, this guy, right? right? Yeah. And then um, when Stoll was interviewed after the game um, with Patrick O'Neill and Sean O'Donnell, he was laughing about it, too, being like, we did not know <laughs> that he's like, the entire bench was silent, and we were all just, like, wide-eyed looking at each other, right. because we were like, he can do that? Right. And then later to Foley, when he was asked about it, he was like, yeah, we only thought Kopitar could do that. <laughs> like, we did not <laughs> expect like that. King. So it's not like, you know, people have been ignoring Dwight Kate. Like, Because a lot of times what happens with the Kings is... Everyone in the Kings or all like Kings fans are always like, oh, this player is so good. Just like other people just don't understand. They don't watch them enough. But this is not, this is not the case. This is a case of nobody thought that he could Genuine surprise from the broadcasters to the players to the fans. Just shock from everyone. It was amazing. Um, I said to Diane, like, I'm really glad that Jeff Carter was still in position to tip that puck in (laughs) because... He probably at some point stopped expecting that puck to ever actually reach him. So uh, good job on staying on top of your game there, despite your complete shock. It was amazing. An amazing moment for uh, Dwight King. But of course, he's not the only person on the Kings showing up and showing out recently. Obviously, number one guy on the team right now is rookie goaltender Martin Jones who now has tied the NHL record, as you've probably heard everywhere, for best career start with eight wins, zero losses. The Kings play the Dallas Stars on Monday, and hopefully he can stick out at least one more win, because I, I really need him to break this record. I want him to point. break this record so bad. Just do do a solid for Because uh, how, how delightful would that be? I mean, he did well in juniors, but didn't end up getting drafted, and he's talked about how bummed he was about that, because it's, you know, it's your mm-hmm. dream to, to hear your name being called. And then he got signed by the Kings and, you know, worked hard, did well in Manchester and all of that. or And now to, like, come up to the Kings in right, their yeah. time in need and do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th- I think especially because, you know, the other layer of that is, like, you get passed over in the draft, you finally get signed, and then all of a sudden, Jonathan Quick has his 2011-2012 yeah, year. that's true. Am I ever going to actually get to play at the NHL? Finally, he gets this opportunity, and he is killing it. And it's it's amazing to watch. Even though today, like, he, you know, those two goals got past him, and they were power play goals. So it wasn't just like he broke down, you know, even strength or whatever. Even with that, once you got to the shootout, 
every you know everybody in that entire arena is pulling for him to just get the win and when it comes down to a shootout even though i hate the shootout i hate it immensely she is not good with the shootout <laughs> i hate it so much but it is obviously a goalie's time to shine if they can manage it and so martin jones won that game for them i mean kopitar did get the one goal for the kings um, against Varlamov, but if Martin Jones doesn't stop any one of those players, it goes on and the Kings could potentially lose this game. So he, you know, pulls out that last save and people are so excited for him to have managed this win. The Kings almost handed over to another team. It was great. I was so happy for Martin Jones. So at this point, he's let in zero shootout goals. Yeah. Yeah. After a nine-round game um, against the Ducks. Right. And yeah, these it's not three like his first shootout was the simplest shootout. Yeah. So, um, feeling good about that. So he's still perfect in shootouts. He's also a handsome man. <laughs> yeah. As we have been appreciating. He's quite handsome in a... Strange way. In an adorable way. Yeah. Even though he's not really that much younger than either of <laughs> no, us. He's <laughs> but he seems... I don't know. Whatever. Let's not talk about it. But yeah, so there was a shutout uh, versus the Oilers. And then, of course, the shootout win today... I do, I hope that the next time that we record a podcast, we can talk about Martin Jones setting an NHL record. That is my hope. Please. I want that so bad. So bad. Yeah, so if Tyler Sagan and... uh, Jamie Ben. Yeah, if they could just hold off for a game, allow Martin Jones (laughs) to uh, take his place in NHL history so early in his career. That would be amazing. Yeah. I would just cry. The Kings ran into a little bit of trouble. Even as great as that Sharks game was, there was also one major incident that people were talking about. Dustin Brown gets a five-minute major penalty for kneeing Tomas Hurdle, San Jose Sharks star rookie. And he also gets a game misconduct, gets thrown out of the game. But he gets no supplementary discipline, Tomas Hurdle. Now they're saying out with an injury for a month, possibly longer, but at least a month. I, again, I didn't get to watch the game live, so I don't really know what the reactions were as soon as it happened. Did people, were people immediately like, oh, Brown was like wrong there? Or? Um, for the most part, no. They said two minutes for kneeing, sure, probably five minutes a little much. And I mean, it's not like they forced the game misconduct on him. A five minute major for kneeing is an automatic game misconduct. Right, so right. it is what it is. But after with the pace the game happens at it's reasonable for them to kind of call that penalty and at first everyone thought it was going to be a two but i guess they made it a five i don't know why it looked like he was just trying to avoid a hit but of course it is dustin brown true and dustin brown has a history of sticking his knee out sometimes or playing a little bit on the edge and i know a lot of people don't like him so uh he's not really going to get the benefit of the doubt in that case so in the end, it was fine because the Kings killed the the penalty, but... I think it's interesting, too, that he has a history of knee incidents, but including this one, he's still never actually been disciplined for any of those borderline questionable knee, like, knee plays. Like, his only actual suspension is the hit to Jason Pommelville, mm-hmm. which was a counter check that ended up being an elbow to Jason Bombaville's face. But no supplementary discipline, as I said. Be careful next time. I'm really sad, actually, that uh, Tomas Hurdle is out because, like, a lot of, even though he's on the Sharks, like a lot of people right now, he's a very exciting rookie player to watch. Yes. And the, you know, points leader and 
goals leader among rookies. And now, of course, people are like, well, that could change because if he's going to be out for a month, somebody else could come up and just steal it. Oh, I forget who sent out the tweet, but whoever did was my hero, who was just like, and after the game, Tyler Toffoli meets with Dustin Brown in a dark alley to hand him over a bag full of money (laughs) while, like, cackling or whatever. Let's be honest, that was probably Ryan Dunn. (laughs) Oh, that probably was. (laughs) Oh, it it definitely was, yeah. (laughs) Because in my head, I'm thinking about reading it, and next to it is uh, Jonathan Quick's Demonize. So, I don't know, maybe Tyler Tapoli will step up? I don't know. That would be pretty awkward, I think, if it ended up benefiting, of all people, Tyler Tapoli in the rookie standings. But, either way... People yelling conspiracy. Yeah. Oh. From the rafters of the oh. SAP Center in San Jose. <laughs> so true. It's but I, I hope uh, Tomas Shuttle heals up and comes back. Because actually, I would love for there to be like real competition between him and Tyler DeFoley, but like legitimately. <laughs> Not because of an accident that took Tomas Shuttle out of the running in some way. Which I don't think necessarily will happen. I mean, he's done so well that he's got a little bit of a lead on a lot of players. And we'll, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, Tyler DeFoley is a legitimate threat. So let's there go am. there. Tyler DeFoley is eighth in points among rookies and third in goal scored. He has nine goals, eight assists, I believe, for 17 points. But the most important part also is that he's played played about 10 games less than most of these rookies. Right, yeah. So um, yeah. Getting, I, it, getting it done. I think the only player who has around the same amount of games who's doing as well is Chris Kreider. I believe, who has 29 games played. Tyler Toffoli's coming for you. So everybody watch out. He's just so good. And I think, he, you know, the more he plays, the stronger he gets as a defensive forward as well. Like that was where the Kings wanted him to improve after playing, you know, him playing uh, with the club in the spring. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that more and more. And he obviously continues to be someone who can get shots on goal and they find the back of the net too. So I want Tyler Toffoli to keep doing what he's doing and just keep on moving up those ranks. I agree. He has been so fun to watch, even though he is on that line with Mike Richards, who is struggling. Yeah, it's Arr. not good. But Tyler Toffoli is... But the um, two of them do fine. have some some good chemistry together. They've been playing fairly well together. Yeah, I... Honestly, when they first were put together, I was loving watching 1073. I was actually kind of sad that Jeff Carter was going to eventually come back and take away that combo. So I look forward to when uh, Mike Richards is on top of his game again so that it can be even better, that line. Because I think obviously even with, you know, when one player on that line is struggling, that third line is still figuring out how to make stuff happen. Like Tyler Toffoli had two points in the Sharks game. Obviously, this is a podcast where we're just going to talk about Kings players individually and who's doing what well and who needs to improve. It wasn't really supposed to be a progress report, but whatever, Christmas is coming up. They get a break. We also did this in the middle of a Thai restaurant at dinner tonight, so <laughs> yeah. we might as well continue we'll the trend. do it now. Yep. I was noticing during the game against the Avalanche today that Kyle Clifford, I mean, it's not like I've just noticed that he can be fast, but he is a very speedy player when he wants to like he's he'll decide i'm just gonna rush into this zone even though generally the bottom six play dump and chase hockey he'll decide i'm gonna just take over this shift for a minute and just you know speed by some people and i wish he was better at stick handling so that he could really have those great opportunities because i feel like 
not that I think Kyle Clifford can be Andrzej Kobitar, but <laughs> I think one of the things that clearly sets apart, you know, Kobitar doing that kind of thing is he's got that stick handling ability. He can get around guys and get into his own and then potentially get a shot off. Probably he doesn't, she still doesn't shoot as much as I think fans want him to, but he still has the potential to set up a play where he can take a shot. And I feel like Kyle Clifford, I wish he could handle the puck a little bit better and he just barrels through people. Right, yeah, not just barrel through, but also put yourself in a position to take the shot. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it could be awesome. In the spring, there was a piece posted about him and how, and his role on the Kings and how he wants to shape it and grow it. Because obviously he's known as a dude who is very physical, he <laughs> fights when he has to. But I don't think that's the role he wants to play long term. I think he wants to be somebody who produces and points, but because of injuries, the way he can make the quickest impact and the most noticeable impact is physically. And I think if he could figure out how to A, stay healthy long enough, and also get better puck, you know, a little bit better on the control of the puck and getting around people to make to take those shots he could change his role on the Kings a little bit. Because obviously the Kings need strong left wings and he's a left winger, so if he just lifts his game, he could he could really do some stuff for the Kings. He's been good at times so far, but I think he could be better as well. We're pulling for you, Kyle Clifford. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take a pause here to talk about Robin Regeer. Oh, go for just it. Just for a moment in that he got a two-point night. We already mentioned it in the Sharks game and the last time that he had gotten a multi-point night was uh, back in 2010. So it's about time that he's had another one. So and it pleased me that that happened after my weird fondness. Oh yeah, for him came out in the last podcast. Actually, so. I noticed that because last podcast we talked about that whole both your fondness for him, but also that whole section where we were talking about like which players we would trade, mm-hmm. and we we were like, oh, we'd be all right with like stolen regear, and then you know Jared Stoll in the Oilers game throws his body down on the ice at one point and blocks an amazing shot that would have definitely been a tough one. Yeah, and you know Robin Regeer has a multi point game. I guess a way to prove why you want to stay on the team. Good job, guys. Trade Trevor Lewis. <laughs> That's the strategy. Your move, buddy. <laughs> That's it. That's what we gotta do. Um, so, you know, I can't really say that because that would make me sad. But, trade okay, Trevor fine. Lewis. Trade Trevor Lewis. Trade Trevor Lewis. I don't think he quite actually makes enough money to really trade him and get anybody <laughs> of value in return at this point. Because what, what, okay, what value is he? Hey, this is our great player, Trevor Lewis. He has <laughs> zero points. Zero points. <laughs> he has zero points, but he was invited to uh, Olympic camp and he was drafted first overall. Back in the day. Did you not know this? <laughs> because quality. If he gets traded to the Flyers, then they did know that because oh, they wanted him. yeah, that's true. Anyway. <laughs> Trade Trevor Lewis, please score a goal. <laughs> please, Trevor Lewis, please. Every time, literally every time we talk about the Kings now, we just talk about how much we want Trevor Lewis to score a goal. Because it's like, it's a whole thing now. Someday, somehow. We are just like one million percent not optimistic about things that the Kings, like as a team, do. It's like, oh, they're up three, but right, you know, they're probably gonna give it up. Whatever. We, I, we are like brimming with hope (laughs) and optimism (laughs) for Charles's goal. Uh, and actually, it's <laughs> probably not fair how pessimistic we are about the Kings. Since oh, they're no, nine not. one and zero in of their last not. ten games. They've been so amazing lately. We'll spend twenty minutes criticizing them, and at the <laughs> yeah. end, be like, 
But they're a good team. Wait, they're great. They won this game that we've been yelling about for the past, like, half hour. They're a good team. It's okay. Well, I mean, like, all of the games this week, with the exception of them giving up the lead today, were awesome. Like, game against the Oilers, good job. (laughs) The game against the Sharks, wow. Mm-hmm. And even today, because, like I was saying, that last game that they played against the Avalanche, where it seemed like they were always, even though it was scoreless until the end of regulation. They were like two steps behind. Yeah, it just felt like they were off the whole game. And they started that this game that way, but then managed to find a way to keep, you know, get a footing, dictate a lot of it, outshot the Avalanche, and it was good. So I'm okay with this game overall. They did a good job. It's like hard to find stuff to complain about, which is probably why we're talking so much about individual players, (laughs) because as a team, they've been really great (laughs) recently. And they continue their trend of uh, every time that they've led after the second period, Mm -hmm. after 40 minutes, they've won. Yeah. Every single time. They're perfect. I like it. So... I, I just win this game on Monday and get Martin Jones's record and then head into the Christmas break feeling super great about yourself. They better, for Martin Jones, they better score like seven goals. Yeah. It should be pretty good. And then they go on the road trip after mm-hmm. the Christmas break. And at some point in the next couple weeks or so, Jonathan Quick is supposed to come back. And we will see how that changes things. I'm nervous about it. I know. I'm, I'm real nervous I'm about nervous, it. And I hate being nervous about it. Yeah. Because we all know how I feel about Jonathan Quick. She is saying this. Take a look at her if you could. She's currently wearing a Quick shirt. I am. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so a peek behind the curtain there. Yeah. So I'm nervous. And it's cool. I've also begun to build the bunker, which I will help Jonathan Quick escape to if he cannot put together two shutouts in a row upon his return. Honestly, <laughs> which I think is pretty much so. If necessary. he doesn't do that, the tw- oh Twitter is going to sarcastically murder him it's, for it. Oh, it's gonna be awful. So I have the escape route ready, <laughs> or I will by the time he comes back. It's fine. Someone's going to do, like, however many shutouts Martin Jones has next to his salary, how many shutouts oh, Ben Scrivens has next to his salary, and then Jonathan yeah. Quick. I mean, they could do that right now already. With, I think someone has, probably. Uh, because but. of the fact that Jones and Scrivens both have, th- or have three so far. And Quick has, Quick one. has one. So uh, good luck, Jonathan Quick. <laughs> She's already crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for you, but in the event that you totally bomb it, I will also save you. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, so eventually he'll come back. Um, There are no easy games for him to come back in. Not at all. Hopefully, you know, but the Kings, I think, are also playing so well right now that he'll have a great chance. Um, I don't necessarily think it's true that any goalie that you put behind the Kings would automatically succeed, but... I think they are playing, they have such a groove right now. This is a great time to have new goalies step in because mm-hmm. they've got a good amount of support. Yeah. So. At this point, though, I think any goalie could play behind Edmonton's defense. Oh, that's true. And it wouldn't really matter because <laughs> they just lost 6-0 to the Blues. Oh, cool. So what you're saying is start Jonathan Quick back um, for the Oilers. I <laughs> Some mean, warm-up games. Sure, why not? <laughs> and then send him back to the Kings. Although I know some people are excited that maybe um, he'll do some conditioning games back with the Monarchs, because that's a thing that they can do. 
Quickie? Yeah, they, I mean, I think it's only a few games that you're allowed to, oh, um, but he can play a few conditioning games that sounds in, um, in Manchester I'd forgotten about for a that. while. Do it. I'm for it. Anything the, that helps. All the help that he can get. <laughs> yeah. Easy win to it. So I am for it. He continues to look, um, as we talk about how Trevor Lewis hasn't scored goals, but is looking pretty sharp, Jonathan Quick is still injured, but still looks like a teenager who's stolen his dad's suit, and yeah, then has tagged true. along to King's event. Yeah, those pictures from the adoptive family thing are ridiculous. Willie Mitchell is like a handsome older gentleman. Jonathan Quick looks like somebody's child, that somebody's teenager that snuck in. He looks like every high schooler who does like mock trial, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because I was on mock trial, I know exactly what these mm-hmm. people look like. Um, well, I've watched Suits, so I know what <laughs> these people look like when they're cast. <laughs> okay. Side note... <laughs> What? I mean, I watch these too, but what is with, this is like the new entourage for hockey players. Oh, yeah. In that every hockey player is like, oh my gosh, it's time. Hashtag suits. (laughs) Hashtag wish I was as hot as Harvey Specter or whatever it is. Which, you know, it's true. Um, Gabriel Macht looks great in that show. But it is is a a sophisticated gentleman. Hockey player, yeah. Oh, that's the other thing that we need to tell you about since we talked about Rick here, but didn't didn't comment on this thing, which is that uh, somebody tweeted, and I'm sorry that I'm apparently so bad at sourcing tweets. Oh, it's it's the Manchester Monarchs. Oh, right, reporter, the beat reporter that covers them. Yeah, so tweeted out that Lyndon Bay said of all of the Kings players who he interacted with, the veteran player that helped him the most was Robin Regeer, and it mentioned that they're both Sasky boys. And I know that Sasky meant, you know, Saskatchewan, that that was what they were talking about there, but for funsies, I decided to look up Sasky to see if there were any slang terms. According to Urban Dictionary, Sasky also means... <laughs> I can't. I'm literally hiding behind my iPad right now. Stop it. Zesky also means zesty but sophisticated. And okay, and then Diane saw on Twitter today that Robin Regeer apparently put an $1,100 watch or something yep. in his basket that was auctioned off for the holidays or whatever. Like King's favorite things. So Robin Regeer, zesty <laughs> but sophisticated. Every time I have talked about Robin Regeer to <laughs> Chanel, I have. Because we do this a lot, too, on the blog and, and, and tweets and things like that. You know, we'll give people monikers. Yeah. And so I'll be like, hey, guess what? Robin, the zesty but sophisticated <laughs> gentleman, had a pretty good game today. You yeah, know, whatever, yeah. what have you. Um, zesty. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited it's about the it. the zesty part. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you can't be zesty. You, you can't be sophisticated. Like, they have to tell you that. Yeah. Zesty does not imply. Zesty, but also sophisticated. So not the, like, crap zesty. No classless zestiness around here. Uh, but yeah, but sophisticated. Zesty, but so sophisticated. Robin go Rico. around calling people sassy. <laughs> what a sassy gentleman. What you're saying yeah. is that he's a zesty, but sophisticated um, gentleman. So that's how we think of Robin Regeer now. Um, we are going into a horrible... <laughs> crazy shame spiral of sadness yeah so go out and start using that slang that is definitely slang i approve probably not enough shame because we share these things with people but oh yeah whatever we got here by talking about suits the tv show (laughs) yeah it's all going in (laughs) i was trying to remember how we got to suits in the first place 
Um, we were talking about how Jonathan Quick looks like... Oh, Mock Trial. Yeah, mock okay. Trial. Dial um, Okay. Yeah. The web is unweaving. I know where, <laughs> I know where we've been. I don't even know why we started talking about King's Institutes. <laughs> even though it always excites me to see... I, I feel like every other team, or maybe not, maybe it's just like the Penguins, but when players are not in games, they show them in like the press box or in a suite or whatever. And ever since... Jeff Carter's quote about how when you're injured, you can't really do much but like show your face at practice or at a game and cheerlead for your team. And then came the infamous and often used Alba suit tweet. <laughs> when I see players or when I think about, you know, players who are injured and not playing, I think, oh, they're there in their cheerleading suits. So I watch shots of it all the time. What is your cheerleading suit? Jeff Carter clearly put in a lot of effort for him. <laughs> I need to see if everybody's got the same suit game going on. Um, we were never shown this on the no, King side. No, never get a shot of everybody's cheerleading suit game, and it I want it. It is upsetting to me. So yeah, um, so the adoptive family pictures were relevant in that way for me. We like a good dude. We like a dude in a good suit. Yeah, Mom. if you can't play and score goals, which I enjoy the most. Yes. Or in the case of a goaltender, saves. Mm-hmm. You could at least show up looking quite dapper. That's what I want. Speaking of that penguin suite, Malkin had a good coat on. That was like a yeah, good, a good jacket. Um, it's gonna be a rough time for me when the Penguins, when the Kings play the Penguins eventually, yep. because yep. I really, really enjoy Evgeny Malkin. So um, I like a lot of players on the Penguins. I like them. Yeah, me as well. Um, so we're gonna go. We're gonna cheer for the Kings. Oh, for sure. Of course, we're gonna be obnoxious about Obviously. it. Obviously. But in the back of our minds, we'll also silently cheer. We'll have a tiny pom pom <laughs> yeah, for the pom. players that we do like. Okay, are there any other Kings players that we want to talk about? Um, oh, Drew Doughty and Jake Muzzin. We talked a little bit about Doughty, but Doughty earlier this season was so adamant about not being paired with Robin Regeer anymore. Because if there's anyone who needs like a zesty but sophisticated <laughs> yeah. gentleman to help him live his life, it's really Drew Doughty, but fine. Drew Doughty is Whatever. not ready to be Sasky, okay? He is not here for it yet in his life. So He's a London, Ontario boy. What he wanted was basically anybody else in 2013-14, but Robert Regeer. Finally, he got his wish of being paired with Jake Muzzin. They've been paired together a lot uh, most recently, and they've been doing pretty well. And Drew Doughty is happy with it. Let me read you this really long quote. He was talking to the guys at Mayor's Manor. He says, Muzzin and I are really, really good together. When we're both on, we're not going to have any chances against. We're going to be in the, f- the offensive zone. We're going to be creating chances because we're so good at moving the puck together and so good at getting by guys on their forecheck. We never spend time in our zone. When Muzzin and I are on, we have so much fun out there. We bring the fun back into the hockey game. It's not like we're just robots just doing exactly what we're supposed to do. We kind of wing it a little bit and we have fun with it. We love playing with each other and we've grown to be a great pair. I think we could be a pair for many, many, many years in this organization. So Drew Doughty, so in love with being paired defensively with Jake Musson. I was going to say, if like hockey players had the like the engagement pages, like oh, equivalent. Yeah. Expect it. <laughs> uh, this is what 
it would sound like. And they've been fun to watch. And I think a few people today watching the Avalanche game I saw on Twitter later when I checked my, you know, Twitter feed, that watching them, especially with this top King Kopitar Carter line has been especially great because all of those players have really great offensive ability, but also have really great defensive ability at this point. So when they're on and everybody's working the right way, everybody's in on the play completely. Also, Jake Muzzin, despite being completely embarrassed in that Chicago game, and not that he was the only one, but he was embarrassed, (laughs) and is still among the top five players in possession in the entire league. Still a top defensive defenseman in terms of possession. So that's a world that we're living in. And Drew Doughty advocates for Drake Muzzin completely. He, Muzzin always looks great on paper. And not that he isn't, obviously. And he is very fun to watch. But we just do notice and he just makes very visible mistakes. Yeah, I think that's his problem. Like when he's on, he's great. But when he makes a mistake, it's like, there's no mistaking that it's your fault. Jake yeah, Muzzin. please go get that super dumb boarding penalty. Cool. <laughs> it's fine. It's been fun to watch him, though, because I think he clearly has a lot of potential. I mean, he's a defenseman, but his strength is how well he is offensively. But I think he's also trying to bring around his actual defensive game and get stronger there. Obviously, it still needs work because Jonathan Daves, again, completely um, embarrassed him creatively. <laughs> I think that play was so frustrating. I mean, obviously because it led to a goal, but more because it was just a really great example of how Jake Muzzin still needs to learn how to be more creative. Because I think, um, like, when you see that play, sorry to take it back to last week, but when you see that play, Jonathan Taves comes down and they're kind of on pace with each other getting to this puck. Jonathan Taves decides to back off and go in behind Jake Muzzin. And I think that's just kind of an example of somebody who is reading the situation, seeing that it's so close and trying to think of a different way to approach it. Jake Muzzin doesn't do that. And I feel like that is one area where he could get a little better, but he's clearly improved a lot so far this season. So I think he could get there. Give him a little bit more time. Once again, we were so hard on him like last year, but uh, he was a rookie. Yeah. Now he's got a full season. You know, we'll see what he can do. Yeah. And he's clearly like, this is his sophomore season and he's not slumping he's doing really well overall mm-hmm, absolutely and that's that's pretty great i, I like the pairing of dowdy and muzzin i don't know how long it will last but um i do like watching them right now it is a lot of fun they can both move the puck pretty well and like you said with the king Kopitar and carter line just watching them pass among each other make plays is a lot of fun yeah it's awesome All right, so I think that's the bulk of what we have. Again, as we talked about already, the Kings are playing one more game at Staples Center, and then there's Christmas break, and they go on a road trip. They are playing Nashville, and then they have a back-to-back with Chicago and Dallas, and then one more road game against St. Louis. So far this season on all of their road trips, they've gone 3-1-0. and Do you think, Diane, that they can do that with this road trip? I mean, I don't want to get cocky and say go straight for the, like, four, but at least... Well, because because Chicago's in there, I'm going to say they're going to lose that one. (laughs) Let's just go with the trend. It's on the front half of the back-to-back, though. They might have a slightly better chance. I guess. Maybe. Possibly. Sure. Why not? Maybe they'll win it. Mm, I I say skeptically. Yeah. They've already beat the other three teams, Nashville, Dallas, and St. Louis this season. Um, Nashville, the game that they won, it was when they were still trying to get things together in October, and they kind of snuck out with a win there, but I think the Kings will be a little bit stronger at this point, so it could be a pretty exciting game. 
Um, the game that they lost against a Nashville, I don't think it was a, a terrible game. I can't really remember too many of the details now, but they let in like a late goal that killed everything. Yeah. And I just know that it happened on November 2nd because that's the starting point for a lot of these, uh, you know, no goals let in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, since the first, uh, no, like, scoreless first periods right. or True. what have you. Right, right. So hopefully the Kings will have a great game against Nashville. Jeff Carter's in the lineup. Hat trick. So it's hat trick time. Maybe Trevor Lewis will score something. (laughs) These are the things I hope for. Do you think Trevor Lewis will score before the new year? He's got three games, four games to do it. Maybe Dallas. Maybe. Dallas at home. Maybe next Monday. Maybe the um, Staples Center Pyrotechnic and Laser Show will amp him up to the point of scoring goals. It's your time, Trevor Lewis. <laughs> All of this is for you, Trevor Lewis. Score yeah. a goal. So that's what I'm hoping for. I think they have a good shot at going at least 3-1-0 on the road trip. It would be nice if they did because I think they've done. They've been so good on the road mm-hmm. this year, which has been great to see a turnaround from last season where they had you know a little bit more trouble on the road. I would like to see that. I would love to see them win a game against Chicago. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, <laughs> but I would really like for yep. it to happen. Yep. They have another chance in February, right before the, Ol- that's true. the Olympic break, and that's that a game at true. home, finally. So I think overall, no, no matter what happens, I think the Kings could, you know, come out looking pretty good. Hopefully they don't just, like, bomb all these games on the road. That's the only thing that would be terrible. Please don't do At that. least win half of them. <laughs> and then uh, come See, back. See, we are optimistic. Yeah, you don't have to win 3-1-0. At least win, win half of them. And then come back and, you know, beat uh, Vancouver and then get it going in, in January. I hope January is a big month for them. They've got a lot of... Uh, I'm excited for, like, the Boston matchup because yeah. those are the two top defensive teams in the league. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh? Yes. coming at the end of, of course. January. Big stuff coming from the Kings. I don't know. Anything else from you before we go? No. I'm good. I have let out all of my feelings about Trevor Lewis. (laughs) All of the double numbers, not all of them. I didn't talk about Kopitar for that long, but Lewis, 22, Regeer, 44, (laughs) on a double number kick. Um, Jeff Carter, 77. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wait. I've got Andre Kopitar covered because after I posted, I was telling Diane after I posted that um, post on Dustin Brown and his 400 points or whatever, I went on an Andre Kopitar spiral (laughs) and pretty much was just basking in how great he is. So, like in the double numbers on the Kings team this particular week. We talked about great. Willie Mitchell, but we haven't, I haven't had a full going crazy rant about him yeah, yet. Yeah. I'll work on it. He's, uh, although he's been good this season, I hope he comes, he's still looking for his first goal too, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, Willie Mitchell, come back to the lineup. The double numbers don't have goals besides Kopitar. 22, no. 33, no. 44, no. 77 does. 77 does. Yeah. The bookends. Right. Have goals. That's all you need, really, I guess. Or at least that's all the Kings have really needed so far Holding this Holding everyone season. together. Yeah. That's great. That's where we need to end. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for listening. If you do not follow us on Twitter, follow us at ThanksBud, or you can follow us individually. I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at AKA Diane Fan. Take care of yourselves. Hopefully the Kings brings us, bring us lots of wins in the next couple weeks. That would be the best Christmas present. And Martin Jones is a NHL record holder. Oh, that would be the greatest. That's the dream. Greatest we, we will have to like present. figure out a way to do like a special podcast because since there's not really much else going on next week, it's not like we'll have a whole lot to record. So That's true. maybe a hopefully a special Martin Jones celebration <laughs> podcast where we just talk 20 minutes about how awesome Martin Jones is. And if Trevor Lewis has scored oh, yes. a point, then the podcast will be an hour and a half. <laughs> right? Exactly. 
10 of it will be me crying. Yeah, right. And then, you know, just us going through our own playlist of celebration songs for Trevor Lewis. We're going to turn into, like, a late-night radio show is what it's going to be. So uh, push play at, like, 1130. Yeah. And we'll take you through commentary, a song, mm-hmm. another song, more Some commentary. Facts about Trevor Lewis's life. Yep. How do we get to this point with Trevor Lewis? So, yeah, let's hope for that special podcast. I hope he scores a goal before I go to Utah in January. Oh. How's that? That's good. Before I just start yelling at his home state. <laughs> all right, Trevor Lewis. We it's need all to you. go home. <laughs> yeah. We gotta go now. We need to stop. Thanks for listening, guys. Have um, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and all that, if that is your thing. Otherwise, whatever, do it what you want. I hope you have a good week. <laughs> Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye, friends.